have a challenge for you today. Can you take this moment before our Bible study begins and lay your if-onlys and your what-ifs down at the feet of Jesus? God already sees your questions, and He knows the end from the beginning. God wants to reveal Himself to you through your if-onlys and what-ifs. This is Carol McLeod, and I'm honored that you've joined me today on the Charisma Podcast Network for your jolt of joy. What If is a Bible study designed to help us with the hard questions in life. Why did it happen? How come I'm going through this? If only my life hadn't turned out this way. Who, me? What now? What we are attempting to do in this Bible study is to think like God thinks and to get his perspective on the tough stuff in life. Now, over the course of the next few days, we're going to dig deeply into a New Testament account of a man who was dead, more than four days dead. Now, I don't know what's going on in your life, but you're not dead because you're here, because you're listening, because you're still sucking in oxygen. I don't know what dreams in your life have died, but we serve a God who resurrects dead things. So today and over the course of the week, I want you to turn your whys over to Jesus. I want you to lay your if Onlys down. I want you to fix your eyes and your heart on Jesus, the God of resurrection power. We're going to begin today by reading from John chapter 11, verses 1 through 5. These five verses will set the scene and the tone for the Bible story that we're going to study this week. Now, a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. It was the Mary who anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So the sisters sent word to Jesus saying, Lord, he whom you love is sick. But when Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of Man may be glorified by it. Now, Jesus Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So by reading these verses, we learn that Lazarus was sick. He was ailing. And Lazarus had two sisters, two girls by the name of Martha and Mary. Now, the name Lazarus actually means God is my help. And that's what I want my name to mean as well, don't you? That's what I want my identity to be in every season, in every situation in life. God is my help. Now, As we look at John chapter 11, verse 2 tells us that this is the same Mary who in John chapter 12 anointed the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. This trio of siblings were among the 
best friends Jesus had while on planet earth. And he often stayed in their home with them. He ate dinner with them. They knew each other very well. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus had done everything that they could do to honor Jesus and to make his life just a little bit easier. And they knew who Jesus was because in John chapter 11, verse three, when the sister sent word to Jesus, they addressed him as Lord. They called him Lord. They recognized him as more than a teacher. They knew that he was the Messiah. They knew that he was the healer. And they said, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. There is so much passion, desperation, and even relationship in this verse. If we were to read between the lines of verse three, what we might see and hear and reason is this, Jesus, if you love us, then you'll heal Lazarus. Jesus, you've healed so many others. What about us? Jesus, if you really loved us, then why is Lazarus sick? Jesus, you take care of everybody else. What about us? Jesus, we've taken care of you. Let me make this practical to your life today. When you come to Jesus with a question or with a request, please know that he is well able to read between the lines of your heart. You can't hide anything from him. He hears not only your spoken words, but also the cry and the intent of your heart. You know what's interesting to me about this verse is that the even though they sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick, they didn't ask him to come. Read it again, John 11, one through five. They never asked him to come. They just sent a message, Lord, he whom you love is sick. And then in verse four, when Jesus heard this, he sent a message back to them. The sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified by it. Listen, I want this verse, John 11, verse 4, to be plastered on the walls of my heart. I want to remind myself of this verse during every momentary disappointment, during every day of pain and confusion. God can bring glory from the very worst moment that life has to offer. It's what he does best. You see, every disappointment and earthly challenge that you encounter is an opportunity for God to reveal his glory through your humanity. I'm in all the way. How about you? You know, this is a biblical theme. This is not the only time in scripture when we're reminded of God's power and his purposes, even when we find ourselves smack dab in the middle of difficulties. Think about Genesis chapter 50, verse 20. Joseph said, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about this present result to preserve many 
people alive. What about Romans 8.28? And we know that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are the called according to his purpose. You know, my purpose and your purpose at our moment in life, this side of heaven, is to reveal the glory of God when our personal worlds are falling apart. In the most inopportune of circumstances, we need to make our lives available for the glory of God to be revealed in us. So next time you hit a rough patch in life, rather than whine, panic, worry, or verbally vomit, how about with me praying this bold prayer. Lord, I open my life for your glory to shine through. A crisis is not a crisis, but it's an opportunity for God's glory to be on show and tell in our human lives. You still don't believe it? Well, let me read to you from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 through 8. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith, being more precious than gold, which is perishable, even though tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do not see him now, but believe in him, you greatly rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. I hope that in 2014, you will remind yourself that the route to the greatest glory is usually through a difficulty, a disappointment, or a time of suffering. Are you willing to allow the glory of God to be revealed in your life in days of horrific pain? Are you willing to allow the glory of God to be revealed in your life in uncomfortable situations? Are you willing to allow the glory of God to be revealed in your life in days of disappointment and discouragement. The reason we're still here, my friend, the reason we're still breathing is to be a vessel of his gargantuan glory. How do we do that? Well, Peter tells us how in the verses that I just read to you in 1 Peter 1, 6 through 8, by rejoicing, by opening our mouths and worshiping, by staying in a place of faith, by continuing to love Jesus with our whole hearts, and by rejoicing again, even when we don't feel like it, especially when we don't feel like it, we rejoice and God's glory will be revealed in our lives. Thank you for joining me today on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd like to encourage you to visit my website at www.justjoyministries.com. It is my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. You can contact me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.